Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week, I bring you the individual stories of individuals and organizations making a difference in your community. Today, we're talking to Darcy Collins, who is the mother of Cheyenne. Cheyenne actually had passed away from a rare, slow-growing cancer, ovarian cancer to be exact, at the young age of 27. And that was just recently in January of 2021. She's having a celebration of life that's coming up because of the COVID situation. Everything was kind of put on hold, but I'm sure there was a reason also as to why it's been put to this date. And I'll let Darcy share that date. It's um, To me, I think it's symbolic with the numbers, but we'll see if there's any symbolism in it. Please help me welcome my guest today, Darcy Collins. Hi, Darcy. Hi, how are you? I am good. I am good. I am glad we can finally connect. We have been friends on Facebook for a little while and we've messaged before, but now we have a voice with um, an amazing story. So I did take a peek on your page a few different times to learn more about Cheyenne. I don't recall how we actually became connected on social media. There's a funny thing about those algorithms and who you know and who's related to who you might know. And um, this one I think is definitely for a good reason. Before we get started on sharing Cheyenne's journey Tell me a little bit about Cheyenne. Um, Cheyenne was born in 1993 out of Seattle, Washington. Um, she was a very silly, goofy child growing up, loved playing outside. She didn't like to be inside, total tomboy, and a very athletic child from the age of five all the way up to the time that she passed. Um, she was a BMX racer. She played soccer, select soccer, basketball, softball, baseball with the boys. So that was her life, was being active and, you know, sports. Um, very sensitive, very passionate towards other people. Um, bossy. Very bossy. <laughs> That's a girl trait. <laughs> That's a girl trait. Um, but just all around, just a, a great great child, great childhood, um, and even adulthood, you know, um, a very inspirational child. And I did see that she has an Instagram account, um, took a peek on that one too. And, uh, she has quite the following. Mm -hmm. She definitely is an inspiration to the journey that she was on. Now, how did she get diagnosed? And tell me more about what this ovarian cancer is, because it was shared with me that it's a slow growing and a rare type of cancer. She, um, for about, for about a year, she was going in and out of the ERs with constipation. And that's what they were telling her. You have constipation. She had back pain, some stomach pain, um, some foods weren't working with her anymore, but she knew something was wrong because she was very healthy, 10% body fat. She was a bikini fitness competitor. So very healthy. So she knew that something wasn't going right with her body. Um, the way that they discovered it is they thought she had a cyst and they went to go remove that cyst. And that's where they found that it was a tumor and it was cancer. Um, she was diagnosed with stage two, the, the high-grade ovarian cancer, which is what most women, if you do have ovarian, that's what they get. Mm. Um, she was diagnosed 30 days before her wedding. Mm. And um, 
we had talked as a family that we wanted to bring her back to Seattle to the doctors up at the University of Washington and a second opinion too. Um, after her wedding, we got her up there and we were told that she had a low-grade rare form of ovarian cancer, which was a slow-growing cancer, um, but she was at stage three. Um, October 31st, Halloween, they did what they call a debulking surgery, which is a full hysterectomy. Then they discovered her spleen was covered in cancer. So they removed her spleen. They removed some of her bladder, some of her colon, which then gave her a temporary um, colonoscopy bag to go to the bathroom. Um, her appendix, uh, full hysterectomy, her ovaries, everything. They, they wiped out her stomach. She's um, a small-framed lady, too. She was about 120 pounds, 10% body fat. Yeah, very small. So she kind of had, like, a little pooch on her, like, looked like she was pregnant a little bit. Um, but her tumor was about six and a half pounds. Wow. And the surgery took almost eight hours. Um, she had a couple of blood transfusions during that surgery. Um, and then she went to ICU after that for about a week. I think it was about a week. And oh. mom laid there with her the whole time, of course. That's what, mama, <laughs> that's what mamas do. How old was that's she when she was do. how old was she when she was diagnosed? She was 23 years old. Oh, so young. Mm-hmm. What I find interesting is when people look at someone that is athletic, as you had mentioned, and again, I, I saw what she looked like and um, 10% body fat. Wow. And in competitions in, you know, we have people think that if you look a certain way that there's nothing wrong. And here, in fact, everything was wrong on the inside. You couldn't see on the outside. Absolutely. You can't, can't tell. And uh, looks healthy. So here's one of those looks can be deceiving, right? Not in the vain way, but now in the health and the body way. Right, right. Yep. So she had the journey. It was mentioned she passed away at the age of 27. So she had those years. Tell me about that journey that you both were on since you were a part of her journey that she went through um, once she found out she had cancer. Um. When first, when she found out, she was pretty scared, pretty devastating, especially, you know, getting married and they wanted to have kids. Um, the worst was to find out that she'd never be able to have kids. That, that was devastation right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she turned it around to be positive. Like, I'm going to beat this. I mean, she, Cheyenne strong, you know, she's going to beat this. And that was her motivation. She wasn't, she wasn't ready to die. So she was going to beat it with whatever she strength she had. And so she start. that's how she started sharing her journey. Um, and then she got involved at church. She got baptized and having that faith that she had really motivated her even more. She, she shared her Bible studies just, but that's what made her keep going. Um, she knew God had a purpose for her. So she was going to find that purpose and it was to share her journey so she could at least help one person. Mm. And that's what she said. If I can help one person, then I've done what God wanted me to do. So that's what kept her going. I mean, she, she had her bad days. There was times she just cuddled by me and cry because she didn't understand or, 
you know, why is this happening? But she started to figure out this was God's plan all, all along. So she had these surgeries. Did, Did she go through treatments and such too? And if so, what types of treatment? Um, she just went through chemo. She didn't have to do radiation. Um, so she did rounds of chemo and then she'd get a break and then do more rounds of chemo. And then the only other surgery she had after was she got to have her bag removed. So um, she didn't like the bag at first, but then once the bag was gone, she's like, I wish I had my bag still, you know, <laughs> because she could go anytime and nobody would know, you know. <laughs> um, but then she got back in the gym and there's pictures on her Instagram where she's working out and you can see her bag hanging out. She didn't care. Certainly. She was to the point, I don't even care. Mm-hmm. This is my journey and I'm going to do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So she was very inspiring. Very inspiring. I would say so. I've actually interviewed a couple of people and I know a person in real life with the colostomy bags. Um, and um there can be a shame with those. I've shared a lot of different um, things that could go wrong or the way that they have to be handled or discreet. And, and it sounds like she she embraced it, even though she didn't like it. She knew that that was what she had to do and she embraced it. Um, and I, I commend her for that. Anybody who yes. has, who's doing that, it's not about the, the look of anything anymore. It's how are you living your life? And how healthy are you or how are you going to keep fighting? Because there's always that hope to be able to get that there's going to be that cure. And that sounds like that's what she kept kept doing. She didn't change her habits of how she lived her life. Um, You had mentioned she was very athletic and the things she did through school and BMXing. And it sounded as though she was living her life to the fullest, as we've heard the phrase. And some people don't realize to live their life to the fullest until something has stopped them in their tracks. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Now you have her celebration of life coming up and some people, some people would say that's so far from when she passed away, but COVID changed a lot of things for everybody. Uh, Yes, it did. Where's Where's the celebration of life going to be? So the celebration of life is going to be at Grace Church in Federal Way, Washington, which is up in Seattle. Um, that's where, that's where she was raised pretty much. And that's where all our family is. Um, her husband, that's where he was raised in Seattle. Um, but due to the COVID and the restrictions, we had to put that off, um, until we were able to. So, um, July 17th, I didn't pick the date. Her husband picked the date. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We wanted to have it in the summertime. Mm -hmm. Um, but we also had to wait for the COVID restrictions. So um, that's here in a couple weeks. So we're getting ready for that, which, you know, if we could invite everybody, we would need a, a football stadium, you know, I believe because I have a lot of people asking, but we only can invite so many people and mm-hmm. we're going to keep it to family and close friends right now. Um, so, but yeah. What was her connection in the community? It sounds like she was an inspiration just in her competition, her her body competition, bikini competition. But um, I'm going to assume that um, she also had some schooling that she had um, gone through that maybe a scholarship or something would be out there. Um, She went to college to play basketball for a while and Mm -hmm. had a scholarship for that, um, but, but got hurt. 
And then with, she couldn't play anymore. And if she couldn't play basketball, she wasn't going to finish college. So she didn't, but she became this Instagram, this YouTuber. She has a YouTube channel. She has blogs. She did all that after all this cancer stuff. So she found her own way to make money and, you know, do what she needed to do where she could still do treatment, but still be able to inspire people on the side and help people. Um, We do have a scholarship um, at her high school that she graduated from for seniors. So um, it's a Cheyenne Shaw Memorial Scholarship that we'll give out every year. We did the first one this year and we'll continue to do that going forward. If someone was interested in finding out, and I'm going to assume that that scholarship is pertaining to that school that she went to. Absolutely. It's Buckeye High School in Arizona. Okay. So if someone should hear this and inquire, where would they inquire to get more information Um, or an application for it? They could actually um, uh, message me through Facebook and I can give them all that information because it's the Lions Club that actually that's where the money will go when we do fundraisers and stuff. And they're the ones that then, you know, get the scholarship ready. Tell me the journey that you and she and everyone who was on this journey with Cheyenne in the, in the last few days or year, perhaps that she was going through. Those are the days that people don't, don't think about we're here one day and then we're gone, but we don't right. hear about the journey along the way. Can you share that with us? The, about the last year or so, um, she, she started about August of 2020. She started distancing herself away from family and friends because we believe that she kind of knew that she was getting worse and she didn't want like me, I'm a worry wart. So she didn't want us to stress out. So she always tried to save our feelings, you know? Um, but we let her, you know, she'd been married four years. We wanted them to enjoy every minute that they possibly could have together. I had 20, you know, I had 20 some years with her by myself, you know? Mm -hmm. So they wanted to spend that time and we gave them that time the last week or so. Um, her dad came down, um, another, some other family members came down. My mom came down, but when she passed, it was her dad and myself and my mom and Caleb's family. So it was very small. Um, but what was her her actual journey of going through that? She's already gone through the treatments. She went through the surgeries. Um, you had mentioned that she was scared at first, then she found her faith and she started to do things that were in a different uh, direction that I would call peace. How about, yeah. how about that, that time that she was coming to that last day that we don't like to say, but it is, it is part of our lives. Yeah. I think she didn't really talk too much about it. Okay. I think honestly, she was, she was maybe finding her own peace within herself, okay. but she was still terrified. She didn't want to die. I don't really honestly think that at that time she was ready yet, but sometimes you're not ready. And it's just when God's going to take you. And she, she fought and she fought for about six hours before she passed. Um, extra morphine. They still couldn't believe that she was still fighting when with the extra morphine and stuff, she should have not been here, but that kid fought and fought and fought. And 
as a mom, her husband told her, whispered in her ear, it's okay, you can go. And she still fought and still fought. And then I finally got in bed with her and held her and said, baby girl, it's okay. We're going to be okay. It's okay for you to go. And that's about when she took that last breath. And, you know, it's hard as a mom, but she was, you could see her fighting so hard and you could see the fear. And I didn't want to see that anymore. So I was okay with that. Um, you know, she couldn't see. She started to where she couldn't see. She'd be like, mom, I can't see you. Caleb, I can't see you. Oh, no. Um, she was losing her sight. She was um, saying stuff that out of the blue, like when's the basketball game? It was, she was delirious. You know, she, w- you could tell she was to that point. And once we, Caleb said something and then I said something, she took that last breath. And, you know, as hard as that is for a parent, it was the best because now we know she's at peace right. completely. Mm-hmm. And he was waiting for her in heaven and she's up there cancer free right now. Um, probably playing basketball with Kobe Bryant, who was her, <laughs> her idol. So she, she's, she's in a good place. Even though we, we weren't ready. And I don't think any of no. us are ever ready, even if we're told our, what our last day would be. Um, that's where you hear those cliches and their mm-hmm. fact of live life to the fullest. Well, you can guarantee that's what I do because I don't know. And I want to live the, as much as I can um, so that when I, it's my day, I don't tell God or whatever someone's belief is. It says, hey, so I gave you all this time. Why'd you waste it? Right. I ain't right. wasting it. No, I'm not, I'm not wasting it anymore. I, and I, no, I don't. I don't. Um, I, I'm not going to say that the other side isn't glorious, but I'm not ready for it either. So I'm going to do the best that I can while I'm here and leaving my legacy, like your daughter left hers. And through your words and your memories, you are continuing her um, memory on and her legacy. So with that being said, if she was here right now, what would she say? She would tell people to be the light in the darkness. You know, her, some of her sayings are be the light, have purpose in life. And um, um, the other one was, you know, of course, shy, strong, you know, a warrior. Um, But yeah, be the light in the darkness, you know, don't have faith over fear. That's her big one, faith over fear. And she would tell me that numerous times Mm. because as a mom, you know, you don't want your child to pass, but Mm -hmm. she'd say, mom, you got to don't have fear. You got to have faith. So faith over fear. Mm -hmm. And those are what t-shirts we have faith over fear, be the light, you know, um, make, you know, have purpose with your life. So that's, that's what she would say. Yeah. And be positive. You know, a lot of people say that's so hard to do. Be positive, think positive. When stuff is happening all around you, right? Mm-hmm. How do you find right. that positive that's supposed to be so inspirational and so uplifting in a situation that has sometimes no answers? Right. So yeah. I love the faith over fear. So we'll use that one. I like that yeah. one. Well, with that being said, now my final question for you is what message would you like to leave based on your journey? of either you or the one you had with Shy. 
Um, I had an amazing journey. Wish I, um, we have a ton of memories. Um, we were two peas in a pod. I mean, we did everything together. Um, she always told me I was her hero, but she's my hero now. I mean, you know, she's so inspiring. She's actually inspiring me now to, to move on and share her legacy and her story with other people where I can help other people, hopefully, that are going through this or a mom that might be going through this. Because we had our times. I've had good we've had good days and we've had our bad days, but to know your child, learn your child, you know, talk with your child about things. We were very open with one another. And I think that's what, why our bond was so strong too. And there's things I wish I could have said to her before she passed, but I didn't. And, but I talked to her, I write in a journal, I, that's something she did every day. And I just now started doing that because that's helped me. So I write to God every day, just like she did. And I even talk with her and she knows the things I needed to say, but I would not, I would not, I have regrets in my life that I wish I would have done better things, you know, with her, wish I would have done that. But you know what? I wouldn't change anything because we did have a bond and we had a, a very huge tight bond and I still have it right now, even though some of my heart's gone, but I just say to people, like she says, be the light in the darkness. I mean, for me, I'm having faith over fear and, but just, just share everything and every moment that you can with your children. Cause you do not know when it is time, either our time or their time, because no parent should have to bury their child. Mm-hmm. You know, your children should be burying you before you bury them. Yeah. But it is what it is. And that was the traditional thinking when I was growing up, because you saw your grandparents get old and now reaching those ages of what my parents were. I'm like, wow, life has gone so fast. Right. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. So fast. Yep. Thank you, Darcy, for sharing words of wisdom and uh, your faith over fear that you were living because Shai said that's what you're supposed to do. And the journey that she shared with you being an inspiration to people that she either did know or doesn't know when she was here, while she was going through her treatment and long after she's gone, because it sounds as though people can still go look at her stuff on her accounts, her social media accounts. Yes. Yes. Yep. And people tell me they'll, they'll, they'll send me messages for Instagram saying, you know, I just go and look at her page every day. You know, she was such an inspiration for me. She got me out of a dark place or helped me get through a rough time for being so positive when, when what she's going through, you know, how can she be so positive? But that's just who she was. That's how she was going to live her life until the day she passed. And she did. So, you know, I was that lucky mom. And you will always still be that until the the last breath that you take too. Absolutely. It's a temper. Her husband says this. It's a temporary separation. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's all it is. So I have to share real fast. You said that her celebration of life is going to be on 
July 17th, right? Yes. Okay. So I, this has happened only a couple of times in my interviews when I've talked to someone who's lost a loved one. I have my phone sitting in front of me and it's not on, but it's on vibrate if someone wants to reach me. In our entire interview, it has not gone off. It just did at 717. Oh my God. (laughs) I wanted to share that with you because that is significant to me. And I know that would be significant to you. That is, yes. Wow. I had to share that. I've had other things happen. Um, I've had hummingbirds come to my window when I'm like, why are you in like 110 degrees coming to my window? You're not coming in. And they're not (laughs) seen throughout the day in the heat. Or I've had doves come to the window and I'm like, okay, you can't come in. And and only people who have had lost loved ones. And I've been sitting here going, okay, where's the sign? Where's the sign? Because I believe in it. But then I, I had to share that with you. Oh, that's amazing. That is so amazing. (laughs) That is the celebration of life day that you have already stated. So thank you again, both of you. I'm going to say both of you, because I believe that that was, (laughs) that was a sign to say, mom, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) To my listeners, thank you for listening in on yet another amazing story of a lady who has left a legacy and her mama sharing her life and her journey. If you have a story you want to share, know someone who has a story, or you have an organization in your community making a difference that you want to be known, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com or visit me on my website at www.christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well and you take care. A wish begins with hope. A wish experience can be a game changer for a child with a critical illness. Our mission is the one belief that guides us in everything we do at Make-A-Wish. It inspires us to grant life-changing wishes for children going through so much. It compels us to be creative in exceeding the expectations of every wish kid. It drives us to make our donated resources go as far as possible. Most of all, it is the founding principle of our vision to grant the wish of every eligible child. Visit our website at wish.org to learn more about making wishes come true. 